Come on in to Margaret McSweeney's Kitchen for Kitchen Chat, where every week you'll meet chefs, cookbook authors, foodies, gourmets, and just plain people who love to eat. And along with laughter, chat, recipes, and stories about food, you'll sometimes also hear words of inspiration, love, and hope. As Margaret always says, kitchen chat is food for the senses and food for the soul. So grab a cup of coffee, put your feet up on a comfy chair, and get ready to spend a little time with Margaret and her friends. Hello, dear foodie friends, and welcome to Kitchen Chat. This is your host, Margaret McSweeney, and I'm so glad you're joining me in my kitchen today, and I hope you're having a fantastic day. Well, I am super excited about a longtime personal and Kitchen Chat friend, guest who is on today, Robin Aspel. She is just an incredible, prolific cookbook author as well as wonderful person. And she has been such an important guide to me, unbeknownst to her, during my recent plant-based journey. So let's all welcome Robin Asphalt to Kitchen Chat. Hi, Robin. Hi, it's so lovely to be here. Oh, it's so glad I'm so glad to have you here. And as I was mentioning, and and I don't think you've heard the story, and several listeners might not have heard it yet either. I'm just starting to to talk about it. But I am now on a plant-based journey, very unexpectedly. What happened is I fell uh, end of July of last summer and broke my knee, ended up having to have knee surgery. They replaced the the patella tendon, all of that, repaired it rather. And through it, I ended up with an unexpected blood clot. And thankfully, um, it had not gone to my lung. And um, But in looking at whether or not there had been complications from the blood clot, they noticed that my aorta was starting to act up a little bit. And so what was so surprising to me in a very positive way is the doctor, a medical doctor said, Margaret, as of today, you need to begin a plant-based lifestyle. And yes, and who knew that kitchen chat would end up helping to save my life, uh, Chef Dave Choi, who is a wonderful plant-based friend, as well as you, have been instrumental in in helping me with the the resources and information to make this journey. So I'm so grateful to you and can't wait to to learn even more about your latest cookbooks. and share these with the readers. So thank you, Robin. Well, thank you. It's just one of the great things about working in this field is that I do hear stories like this, you know, that we can change people's lives, you know, as you know, I'm helping people. It's not just about having a good time, although it is about having a good time. But you know, it's you're going to feel so much better. And, you know, people are going to be able to save their own lives by 
eating differently. So it's it's yes. a wonderful thing to be doing. Yes, it, I am, and I'm so thrilled to be on this because it's it's a wake up call in a lot of different ways. I mean, I lost my father to a heart attack when he was fifty or sixty two, and my brother to a heart attack when he was fifty two. So there's a genetic disposition, but I never was. Maybe I knew in my mind, but I had never connected the dots from the head to the heart, no pun intended, that plant-based really, for my specific situation, was the best journey to pursue. And But I think a lot of people are intimidated by making the switch, and how do you still make it delicious? How do you still make sure you're getting the um, proper proteins, how do you plan your meals? So um, enter Robin Asbel, who has a lot of the answers. <laughs> yes, yes, I've written several books about just that. Uh, starting, you know, back in back years ago, I wrote Big Game, which continues to, you know, be a big seller. And, you know, I still hear from people who buy that book. And, so it's just, it's really a lot easier than you think. You know, it's just food. And, but you do need to, it's it's so much about a mindset of figuring out how to restructure. As you know, most of us learn, you plan a meal where you pick a protein and you put stuff beside it, right? Right. And, and so with this, it's a it's just a different way of thinking about it. And it turns out, you know, protein is not as hard as you think. And mostly you need to figure out what flavors you like and just keep using those flavors with plant foods. And so, but a great, you know, starting point, again, this most recent book that I've written is actually about vegan meal prep. And it's just a completely plant-based plan where you can make all your, all your prep on one day on the weekend and have meals through the whole week that are completely plant-based and, you know, if you want to add a little bit of animal food into that, that's fine with me. But mm-hmm. it makes it really streamlined and easy, and it's all laid out how to buy your containers and what to shop for. Because I, I thought there was just a real need for that for people. There is. There is such a huge focus now. Even people aren't completely going plant-based. And once again, um, you know, this is up to the individual what, what he or she wants to do. But I've noticed that there's been a real um, push in terms of trying to at least have one plant-based meal uh, a week uh, and and also add more veggies to the plate. So this is going to be a wonderful resource for those of you who are out there contemplating, well, how do I add more plants to my meals, uh, even if you're not becoming fully plant-based? It's, it's just a great resource. So what is step one for day one <laughs> of someone who wants to add more plant-based meals to their to their diet. Right. Well, you know, it's just uh, again, you you know what you like. So, figuring out, you know, like try and build it. This book especially, I built it around eating whole foods. So, you're going to, you know, is beans that you like, grains that you like, nuts and seeds and vegetables that you like and putting those all together. But again, you know, if you like Thai food, you can have Thai food. You know, you need to go through your pantry and get rid of the unhealthy foods that you don't want to have anymore. 
and fill that pantry up with the foods that are going to work for you and that are whole foods and plant-based foods. And, you know, if you're really, really lost, take a cooking class or, you know, there's tons of resources, you know, as well as books like mine. Yes, absolutely. So speaking of books like yours, if you could take us through, you said you can prepare for a week's worth of meals in one day. Uh, What are Mm -hmm. you what did you prepare for this week? What what is something we can learn on that? Right. Well, on the on each week, uh, most of these you will prep something like um, cook cook a bean that you're going to use throughout the week. You're going to prep something like a some oats or granola for your breakfast. You're going to prep some uh, maybe some roasted vegetables that you're going to use in different ways through the week. Um, you're going to make a sauce or and maybe a salad dressing. You know, mm-hmm. so you can have all those things prepped and ready to go, and then you shop so that you've got your salad and your different foods to go with it, and then you can just, during the week, say, assemble those as, you know, and I've got recipes so that you can assemble those into interesting and diverse ways. So, say, you cook chickpeas, and, you know, one day you put that into a curry wrap for lunch, and then another day maybe you put it into a, a dip or a soup. So you can, you know, have your protein foods all prepped and then just put them together fast during the week. Oh, that does sound like it's doable and it is delicious. And you mentioned about all the different types of cuisine. So how do we put a Thai um, taste to the plant-based? Oh, sure. Yeah, that's one of the, you know, most fun and easy. It's so easy to just, you know, take a little coconut milk and maybe some green or red curry paste and half a lime and some ginger and garlic and just get that simmering on the stove and then add vegetables and tofu. Uh, You can add peanuts, you know, later on to make it crunchy. That's one of my favorite things. Uh, Serve that over brown rice or cook quinoa. You know, it's just super simple and so flavorful. You know, a little soy sauce, tamari, and you've just got all the flavors, you know, heat, spice, sour, salty, and it's, you know, you're not going to miss a thing. Oh, this this is very inspiring <laughs> and <laughs> and doable. And what about you, you make it ahead. So how do you store it? Do you do each individual meal ahead of time? Or you do it by okay, here are all the beans I've cooked that goes in one container? What what is the best approach? Yeah, I find that, you know, you'll kind of save space by keeping things, in, you know, as sort of as densely packed. You know, I, I recommend using, you know, get square containers, use glass, you know, things that are nice and durable and won't react. And then, um, yeah, I would like cook all the beans for the week and put those in a tub. Mm-hmm. And then you can just sort of scoop them out for each recipe. Or you, some weeks you'll prep marinated and baked tofu or, you know, something like that. And then make your, like, a, your dressing and your sauce and then it's all in little containers in there for you to just walk in. Because, you know, the enemy of eating a healthy diet is not planning. Uh. You know, the most important thing is having a plan. Because if you walk through that door into that kitchen tired after a long day at work and you don't have your food set up, 
you know, you're, you can easily pick up the phone and order pizza. Right. Because <laughs> <laughs> hunger, hunger dictates, right? Yes, yes. But I'm sure there's some uh, plant-based pizzas that you can make as well. Oh, fabulous pizzas. I eat pizza all the time. You know, it's just, there's a whole cha- um, half chapter, I think, of pizzas in my big vegan book. You can make pizza with um, all sorts of things besides, you know, you can buy the non-dairy cheeses if you want, but I also do them with little, you know, almond milk white sauces or uh, different other, you know, just pesto, or you can make a cashew puree and put on there. Um, there's so many ways to do pizza because we all love pizza. Yes. You know, you just, <laughs> you can't, you know, not eat pizza. And there's nothing wrong with a whole grain, you know, real crust pizza with vegetables on it. It's a, it's a, it's as valid a meal as any. Oh, that sounds delicious. Now, if we could talk about proteins, because I think that's kind of a misunderstanding from a lot of people saying, well, you can't get your daily protein requirement from a plant-based lifestyle. What what do you say to those skeptics? It's just so funny. The my entire writing career can be traced back to when I asked my mother if I could go vegetarian in the 70s when I was a little girl. <laughs> she, my mother is a teacher and she said, I want you to read this book called Diet for a Small Planet and write a report on how you're going to get your protein. <laughs> and so I did, and I wrote a report. And this, the theory then was about protein combining, which you've probably heard about that, that you have to put certain foods together and it's complicated. Hmm. And that was written by Francis Morlapay. And so it's a, a whole story. But it since has come out that that wasn't necessary. Hmm. But honestly, I think that was the first food writing that I ever did, was writing about that. And then later in college, when I asked to be let out of the food service, because there was nothing for me to eat, they told me I had to write about how I was going to get my protein, and so I wrote the same paper again. (laughs) (laughs) And um, since then, I have written so many times about this. It's Really, it is this enduring myth. There is protein in everything. Hmm. And so, believe it or not, there's protein in spinach, there's protein in romaine lettuce, there's protein in everything, every whole food that you eat. And so it all adds up, it all counts. It doesn't matter that it's not complete because your body will put it all together. And so being completely plant-based and never eating any animal foods, protein is actually the least difficult thing to get. Hmm. So um, but yes, we do want to make sure, you know, I put a protein food in every meal, whether it's, you know, beans or nuts or seeds or, you know, something with some protein, but it's really, really not hard to get protein. It's just not. Okay. And is there any other nutrient that people will make the argument that, well, you really need the meat to provide that is there anything else that might be missing yeah the the one that you can't get from just plants is b12 and b12 is actually produced by bacteria living in the guts of animals but b12 is very easily supplemented actually they add it to um, most of the non-dairy milks all the fortified cereals and so it's just 
you know, that's the, and you can also get it from nutritional yeast, which that's why vegans eat a lot of nutritional yeast, but mm. it's, which is also yummy. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's real, that's the one that you just can't get. And then you kind of want to look at whether you're getting enough of the omegas that we get, that people get from salmon and different, you know, fats and different things. Because you just want to have a balanced diet. And honestly, it's the same thing with any diet. You can have a horrible vegan diet. <laughs> if you live on potato chips and, oh. and uh, you know, fake ice cream, you're not going to be healthy any more than if you lived on potato chips and burgers. You know, oh. so, you know, you want to eat a, a good balanced diet. And, you know, you could probably take a, you know, take a B12 supplement and just, you know, keep an eye on it. Okay, well, that's good to hear. And speaking of burgers, I mean, even in the large chains now, you see veggie burgers being offered. I know, that's the biggest change right lately, the giant movement of the plant-based meats, which is why I was asked to write this book, Plant-Based Meats, which just came out uh, a year ago. And so I wrote a whole book on how to make burgers like that at home, although I can't make a burger that bleeds. You know, that's something they do in a in a lab or in a factory. Right, but right. it is, it, you know, this craving that people have for something that's really seems meat-like hmm. is is it's uh, it drives certain people. Whereas there are other people who don't want a veggie burger that seems just like meat. You right. know, it's I I I love a veggie burger where I see beans and you know grains and things in it but some people want something that looks just like meat and so it is it's everywhere i had one in an airport just last week (laughs) (laughs) wow so they're they're really you are always ahead of the curve ahead of the trend even as a young elementary student becoming (laughs) a vegan (laughs) so Simple things that, let, let's say there's a listener out there who is still meat-based, wants to add something green, something plant-based to uh, their repertoire and put more plants on the plate. What would you recommend to that listener? Just, you know, take a familiar f- flavor that you like. Like, say you like spaghetti. And so try doing either, you know, if you want to try one of those, um, like the Impossible Ground Beef, or or you can just mince mushrooms in the food processor. I do that a lot. It's just throw mushrooms in the food processor till they're minced to the size of ground beef. Saute those with your onions and garlic, you know, and add everything you would to your spaghetti sauce, you know, your tomato, your red wine, and herbs. And then have that with spaghetti instead of meat-based. And I think... A lot of the time, you know, just that texture is going to be just as satisfying. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I love also topping things with nuts. I'm a big nut person, so I'm always throwing handfuls of toasted almonds on things. And, you know, it's just sort of like you can find a great, you know, dishes that are familiar to you that you're just going to love. And so... It's uh, it's super easy. And, you know, it's, sometimes people will say to me, you know, well, I don't like vegan food and I can't do it. And it's like, well, have you ever had a peanut butter and jelly sandwich? <laughs> that's true. Because <laughs> that's, in fact, a vegan meal that just people didn't ever call it vegan, you know. Wow. So I love it's sort of that. a mindset, again, to kind of wrap your brain around it. It's all food. 
It is all food. So how would you transform a BLT into a plant-based sandwich? Sure. Well, you know, replacing bacon can be done any number of ways. You know, as there are, of course, uh, machine-made ones, you know, that you can buy. Mm -hmm. Um, A really popular thing that I like to do is you can either take tempeh, which is sort of a chewy fermented soybean, and you marinate that in um, smoky uh, flavors. You can put some liquid smoke or smoked salt or a chipotle on there and then bake that till it's crispy or fry it in a pan till it's crispy. That's mm-hmm. one way. One way that I do in my book, actually, is I take these beautiful trumpet mushrooms and slice them very thinly on a mandolin and sprinkle them with some smoked salt and smoked paprika and just saute them in a pan. Mm. And they're just so delicious because the mushroom has that meaty umami quality. Yes. And they're just fantastic. Just throw that on there with a juicy tomato and some lettuce and some aquafaba mayo and you're good to go. Now, I know we have spoken about aquafaba before uh, in a previous podcast, but can you Mm -hmm. refresh my memory about what that is along with the listeners? Sure, sure. Aquafaba is all, another hot thing is that some years back, some clever chefs figured out that that water that you drain off of a can of chickpeas can actually act just like egg whites. It, wow. it, you can whip it like egg whites. You can use it to emulsify things just like eggs. It takes a little more time of whipping, but it will eventually, you know, and hold bubbles. And so hmm. that was like this huge development for plant-based eating so yeah i do um you can buy aquafaba mayo at the store but um i make it at home as well and you just you know because if you eat chickpeas now and again you just have that water left over right and uh you the the famous recipe with that is you can make a mousse you can make a really fantastic chocolate mousse with this aquafaba that's just chocolate and bean juice who knew Amazing. And can this aquafaba also, I mean, does it have the same properties, for example, as eggs, where it makes the meatballs stick together, whatever you're making, or or can you substitute it in baking? It's, you know, it's sort of recipe by recipe. If you whip it up, and uh, you can, it's, you can make meringues with it, you can make um, all kinds of egg white type things with it. When it's whipped up, and it does help bind, although if I were, you know, depending on what you're holding together, mm-hmm. you know, it sort of depends what you're putting in there. But it's uh, a really interesting and versatile ingredient. So Wow. And speaking of ingredients, what has been the most fascinating ingredient on your plant-based journey that you have encountered? Hmm. What is the most fascinating ingredient? Well... I mean, I've been in, I've been investigating tofu for many, many years, um, mm. but lately I've been kind of in love with chickpea flour. Ah. Um, it used to be really difficult to get chickpea flour. You had to go to an Indian grocery, but now because of gluten-free diets, it's in most grocery stores, and you can use it to make flatbreads and crepes and a quiche. Wow. Instead of eggs, yes. And so I just made this the other day. Um, you just can use about equal amounts water and chickpea flour and use that in place of 
eggs in a frittata or a quiche, and it's just delicious. I wow. just love it. I just crave it. Yeah. So, so it almost sounds like you're making your own aquafaba. Yeah, and it's just that in chickpeas are so tasty, you yes. know, and if you add a little... A little, you know, different seasonings to it. I mean, they're really great. Of course, it's like the hummus flavors. You can put some sesame paste in there or lemon. But when you're doing it like eggs, you know, you maybe saute an onion and throw in some veggies. And so it's just a really versatile ingredient I've been playing around with a lot. Wow. And have there been specific uh, cultures in your travels that have inspired some recipes? Oh, every t- everywhere I travel, I'm just soaking up food, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and eating and eating and, you know, and just looking for those gems. It's sort of like, a, you know, an archaeological dig because, because every culture has foods that fit the plant-based diet, especially ancient cultures. You know, mm. it's, if you go to the Mediterranean, any Mediterranean country or any country that has an established you know, old school way of eating, they've got great plant-based food. You just kind of have to look for it. And um, I I mean, there's, I've been to Spain and come back with great recipes. I've been to Jamaica. They have a very great plant-based cuisine. Lots of coconut milk and spice. And oh yeah, the Ital of the, the, the Rastafarians, they're basically vegan. So they have a wonderful cuisine and um, there's great food. I mean, India, the food is incredible. And so it's just kind of everywhere you go, you can find really good, you know, food. Wow, it's like you're providing a world tour <laughs> in your kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> and these recipes. Well, I always like to end the show with three top tips for the home chef. Anything that's important to you? Well, I think the number one thing is enjoy your food. You know, enjoy your life. Enjoy your food. Never, ever, you know, eat things that you don't like just because you think they're good for you. Mm-hmm. You know, that's <laughs> that's kind of going too far, The you know, the other direction. Because um, so, people, I don't know. They, they'll sometimes they'll think, well, I just have to eat this. That's going to make you not want to do it. You know, mm-hmm. um, for your kitchen, set yourself up to succeed. And by that, I mean, you know, clean your kitchen, have it ready to cook when you're going to cook, have a good cutting board, good knives, you know, have yourself set up so that when you cook, it's a pleasant experience. Um and then a third tip is, again, investigate new foods and find what you like. Find Again, I'm out looking for food, trying new foods, because I want to be excited about what I'm eating. So, um, you know, find what you like and eat that. I think that's a good tip. Oh, well, <laughs> you have provided us with some great tips, great recipes and insights and flavor profiles for people who are just wanting to go a little bit greener in life. So this is just so inspiring. Thank you so much, Robin. Well, good. Well, I, I hope that, you know, your plant-based journey continues to take you in 
to wonderful places. Oh, thank you so much. And thank you, dear foodie friends, for tuning in. Make sure you visit Robin and her kitchen at robinasbel.com. You will have links to recipes, her cookbooks, and be inspired for your plant-based journey. And also, I hope you'll visit me in my kitchen, kitchenchat.info. Follow me on Instagram, kitchenchat. And always remember to take a moment and savor the day. Thanks for joining Margaret for Kitchen Chat today. Margaret would be so excited for you to drop by and visit with her at kitchenchat.info, where you'll enjoy podcasts, blogs, recipes, tips from chefs, and even great giveaways. She invites you to share your recipes and kitchen stories too. As Margaret always says, savor the day.